Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're converting people one stomach at a time to what fresh food can taste like. You use whatever you can use and you respect every bit of it. You know, if it's in season, you use it. We need to study and we need to read and we need to know about our region and what it's doing before we can start putting things on dishes. Hello, I'm Stefan Postuma and welcome to another episode of the Quicksand Food Connection. Today I talked to Ali and Paul from Two Country Cooks in the Southern Highlands. They contributed a couple of recipes to the Southern Highlands cookbook and they are very active in promoting the local food in the region. They take people on farm tours they do mushroom foraging truffle hunts and show people how to connect to their food and then also take them back to a venue and show them how to cook it they put recipes online and they're very active on social media they're great people and i really enjoyed talking to them so i hope you enjoy this conversation with ali and paul from two country cooks ali and i met um 20 years ago in radio and um we always had this major food dream of leaving the country buying farms and basically growing, cooking, and really you know, sharing our love for food with other people. And that's sort of where it stemmed from. Six years ago, we did just that. And um, we bought farms about half an hour apart from each other. And these days, we produce lamb, chickens, eggs, vegetables, citrus, fruit, uh, and also great wines. And um, so we, you know, we're well on the way to, I guess, um, you know, being fairly influential with what others, others eat. So it's been really good. Fantastic. Mm. And... In terms of what you're doing at the moment, on a, like on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. you know some of the sure. functions that you do and, and the tours that you do and stuff. Do you want to tell yep. us a bit more about that sort of thing? Sure, we do um, a lot of um, full day tours where we basically visit some of the top producers in the area. We then take those um, they, whatever they grow or, or uh, make, bring it back here, and it forms part of a, a long lunch. So it's usually uh, about 40, 45 people. Wine match with uh, premium winemakers from yeah. the area. Everything's local. Like mm. last year, the truffle lunch, for the main course, we had John Major's I Fill It, we had the Hills Potato, Mashed Potato, and we had um, truffles from Robertson all on one plate. And what people were eating were, was from within a kilometre of where we were. So right. that's what it's all about. It's yeah. like eating local. Yeah, it's yeah. the ultimate paddock-to-plate experience, I think. you know. And um, what's really good too, I mean, we're very ethical in the products we source to, so a big part of who we are is ensuring that um, all the products we source have basically come from farmers who've got similar sort of morals and, and ethics to us. Mm. So mm. we do, I guess, with the best products and formulate an incredible long lunch. And 
a beautiful thing about that is that there are farmers like that in the Southern Highlands that mm. do have that fantastic approach to you know what they produce the area is known for great farming because of the soils the climate the rainfall it's ideal for anything really but um the beef which we've talked about john major's beef is incredible um you'll go a long way to find anyone that treats their cattle as well as he does um and the quality is just incredible like we've spent time in burrowing butcher just you know watching you know everything come in and his son matt's taken over from him now and yeah, it's it's awesome to see people just carrying on those great farming traditions. And yeah, yeah. And aside from our long lunches, we also do different tours. So yeah, the mushroom foraging day. Yeah. So my background's Polish, and as kids, we used to spend a lot of time, you know, foraging for wild mushrooms in the forest. So every year around Mother's Day, we um, usually run four tours, and we take a group into the forest, give them an education on which mushrooms to pick, mm. and then Ali and I on the back of a really old um, Ute. We cook lunch, glass of local wine, and it's just a brilliant day. Yeah. Sounds great. It's really good. And really on good. those tours, what sort of what sort of mushrooms you'll find? You'll find slippery pines, jacks. Slippery jacks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or the pine mushroom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And we show them how to prepare them, how to store them, and then obviously we cook for them. And yeah, it's just a great day. Yeah. yeah it's and really you, you find for a lot of city, you know, city people who have never left Sydney or you know Canberra, Melbourne, whatever the case is. Um, for a lot of them, it's their first experience of going into a forest and foraging for something and then eating it. So mm-hmm. it's an amazing experience. Really, I think that's to come a bit of a kick for most people mm. is the fact they're going, oh my God, we're, we're picking and eating all in the same day. Yeah. And putting those two together and being in the forest is almost like being in a cathedral. It's got that same feel. Yeah, it's like it's when you're beautiful. walking through, it's like, wow, this is incredible. I, uh, the first time I foraged for mushrooms was a couple of years ago with a chef that I used to work with in Canberra. Yeah. And yeah it's like you say with that experience and it's it's funny like we we were we mainly got pine mushrooms while we were there but the the difference between a wild mushroom and a farmed one and and pine mushrooms in particular where they're so meaty and so earthy and what you're talking about eating them you know out out the back of an old ute and 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 things you get the smell of the pine forest while you're in there it's just this unbelievably overwhelming sort of sensory experience and that smell translates into the food that you're eating at the same time definitely which is it does a great experience yeah, yeah. so this year we're, um, what we decided to do for this year is to serve a first course of a wild mushroom bruschetta that'll start with a nice glass of wine and the main course will be a pasta so we'll be using both of those um, wild mushrooms together with um, some you know, garlic some chilies some fre- yeah. a fresh woody herb perhaps something like rosemary and um, great local olive oil. You find it comes together and it just sings. The flavours are really big, earthy, woody flavour. It's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to... I mean, if you're trying to showcase a product like a wild mm. mushroom that you've just picked, you don't need much else you at all. You don't need that. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like after I did my first forage, I just came back and, you know, put them in a pan with a bit of garlic and a few herbs and That's some butter and put them on toast. Butter. You Beautiful. <laughs> mushrooms <laughs> and butter. It just yeah. absorbs it all. And yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, we... Um, I mean, last year, I mean, we got back and um, Ali made some amazing um, ravioli, some really big ravioli filled mm. with all the wild mushrooms. And the flavours are just amazing, you know. Yeah. And to think, you know, six hours ago... It was growing under a pine tree. Yeah, yeah but that's our um, philosophy, isn't it, really? It's simple, it's seasonal, and it's got to be fresh. tasty. Yeah, yeah, fresh, all of those things. Most of everything you see on our site is out of our garden, yeah. like rare or, you know, locally sourced. It's rarely do we go into a supermarket and go and buy stuff and then go home and make it. It's yeah. all what comes out of the garden, which Fantastic. is, yeah. That's great. Which is really nice. And 
on those sorts of experiences like the mushroom tours and visiting producers and things like that do you find your sort of the base of the patrons I'm, I'm assuming there might be a bit of variety in people that have a high education about food you might get chefs joining you or you might get people who've bought someone a gift and they've got yep. no idea what's happening and things it's like that exactly the case with our um truffle lunch um a girlfriend of mine who's a head chef um jamie oliver's restaurant in london and rockpool here in sydney and she came on a, and she was just loving every minute of it she couldn't get enough of it she was down on the ground she had the truffles in her nose and she's like oh my god this is awesome and then there was these three guys who bought it offline they didn't know who we were they just saw it advertised and went we don't really know what it's about turned up and they said they had the best day of their life like it was you do get every all these different types of people which is great because together on a long table everyone became friends after you know of course a couple of glasses of wine (laughs) everyone was exchanging numbers and at the end of the day they're all sitting around the fireplace and we just put out the rest of the food and you know it was it was nice it's just like being at home in our house which is the way we like to entertain exactly and i mean you know, having that that as a part of your you know your career, I guess, um, making people happy in that way must be really sort of rewarding. It's fulfilling. It yeah. is. And I think. See, for us, all the lunches began because people said, "Where can we try your food?" Mm. And Ali and I um, got together one day and said, "Look, why don't we start these lunches? The ultimate paddock to plate experience." And people who follow us online from not only you know in Australia but around the world have joined us during our lunches. And I think it's one of those things that. It's been an amazing vehicle for us to, to meet people who love food as much as we do and are really keen on finding the best of what's available out there. So it's been an absolute passion and um, I think for us, we get a lot out of it too, which is, which is great. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. Um, just going back to the producers, we've talked about majors, we've talked about some of the truffle mm. producers. Um, any other producers that sort of spring to mind that... Sutton Forest Olives. Yes, Kim from Sutton Forest Olives. She's amazing. Um, Her variety of olive oils are incredible. Hills Potatoes. I mean, there's a lot of really great producers in the area. Yeah, the Hills Potato family are fantastic in the sense that all their sons have been allocated different varieties of potatoes. So, you know, one son's got Desiree, one son's got Kipfler. And we went to their factory not knowing, like, and it was just incredible, like, to see this. It was a massive production. Mm. Like, we thought, oh, a little farm or something. But no, it was huge. Like, big semi-trailers coming out with, you know... Spuds. Spuds, (laughs) basically spuds. But, you know, the area's excellent for wine as well like the yeah. producing of wine yes it's not the hunter it's not the you know the kunawara or those areas of australia but the varietals of delicate ar- aromatic wines in the, like the pinot noirs and the beautiful white blends that they're producing are just incredible so i think that the southern highlands is just maybe that you know f- that mudgy scene waiting to happen like it's just people are starting you know it's all starting to get out there and I guess that's where Paul and I like to be you know is making showcasing it all to people it's the toughest part of our job I think when you find you've got to you pair the wines to a menu. So, <laughs> unfortunately, oh, Ali... No, we've got to do another wine tasting. We've got to decide. <laughs> we're tasked with picking wines for a menu. Yeah. It's hard work, but we're pretty good at it. So. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. As we sit over yeah, no, a nice glass of red now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, speaking about, I, I guess, the, the food, we've shot three lovely dishes today mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. Southern Islands cookbook. Um, the first one that you made for us was... A very classic flavour combination. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us a bit about the, the beef dish that you made? Sure. Um, it's a local beef fillet, which is um, seared 
it's um, oven roasted f- for a very short time, so 16 minutes in this case, allowed to cool overnight um, in a refrigerator and then sliced. And what happens is all the, all the juices return back to the meat and really give you, I guess, um, the maximum sort of flavour and you really get to enjoy what the beef's all about. But being a prime cut of the animal, it's incredible. And we serve that with uh, the peppery watercress, and which was dressed with a red wine um, vinegar and olive oil and then double dressed with a Bernays sauce. So it's the ultimate of luxury in eating. It's just delicious, a little bit crusty bread, glass of wine, and really there's nothing else that you know can assist you in improving on that combination. That's it, you can't beat mm. it. And you know, especially when you've got a connection to the person that produces that beef, that's the centerpiece of, of a Absolutely. meal like that. It's, True. It makes it all more special. Mm. True. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, we had a beautiful slow-cooked leg of lamb. Yeah. Ali, you want to tell us I'm, a bit about I'm that I'm big one? on slow cooking, especially here, because it's so cold um, that you find that you want to do something that you can put on in the morning and by the afternoon... The house is smelling amazing. You've got all those garlic smells and you're just like, mm, the fireplace is going. So um, the lamb dish, really easy, really easy. Um, anchovies, olives, tomato, beef stock and, you know, in the oven with some rosemary and garlic. Uh, low 140 for about four and a half, five hours with lots of, you know, it has to be closed really tightly. And then once you open it, it'll just fall apart and then toss it through some fresh pasta and bit of fresh parmesan and away you go really yeah, yeah delicious my type of food That's, love it yeah as i said to you before it's a sort of a dish like that that you can just put in the oven you can forget about for a while yeah and then bring it all together and it True. makes a beautiful sauce set and yeah. forget yeah, yeah exactly but i think for us too like being on farms in winter time or even you know all year you're fairly busy so mm. to have those dishes on hand where you can put them into an oven and walk away yeah and even if you're having a dinner party it's a really great dish to do where you could even prepare it the night before pop it into the fridge in the morning and dinner's done yeah so but even that lamb dish mm. just with some lemon roasted um potatoes yeah, beautiful on the side like you know it's with some again watercress or some rocket you can make a pie out of it you can go so many different ways with it yeah. which i like as well like you know you can do different varieties it doesn't yeah, have to be i mean you can do free. you can do a lot with a slow piece of lamb like that. you could you could even make some sort of salad or yeah. sliders even sliders would be the chili sounds terrible yeah. <laughs> yeah. absolutely fantastic and um lastly the the crepe dish you said was a bit of a collaboration over, over mm. just constantly putting stuff into into the filling <laughs> it was happened it happened at my house one night and we paul again like the the crepes but it was oh yeah let's put a bit of this and a little bit of that and then all of a sudden we had these mascarpone raspberry filled crepes which were just like oh i can't get enough of it <laughs> it was yeah it was a bit of a t- i think dessert should be textured and you know sweet you should you should have a few different balancing acts in it just can't be just one thing i think you yeah so like, that's me for desserts we but. use that a lot like we we i find personally at home it's you can do the crepes ahead of time you can do the filling ahead of time mm-hmm. so i think if you've got people over for yeah. dinner you don't want to be away from the table for too long yeah. entertaining's got to be yeah. easy yeah. entertaining yeah. can't 100%. be fussy i think everything on the table dig in and that's it yeah True. It's, it's funny those dinner parties you go to sometimes where there's sort of an hour and a half between entree and yeah, main and, yeah, and yeah. you're, you're no. sort of sitting around mm. going okay. <laughs> It's getting a bit awkward now. Maybe, yeah. we, maybe we should eat. <laughs> can we have some more food? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But the filling, can you go through what's, what's in that? Okay. Loosely, we use uh, mascarpone, um, the, which is a sweet dessert cheese traditionally used in tiramisu. Yeah. 
Um, there's some raspberry jam, some fresh uh, raspberries, a little bit of lemon juice, some vanilla bean, a little bit of sugar, and it's just all sort of folded through. And um, the result is such that it's quite complex because you you get the sort of the back notes of the acid from the lemon, um, the the flavour the profile of the vanilla bean. It's just a really delicious blend, I guess, that really marries with the cheese well. So as you're eating your way through, it's just heaven. And with the fresh raspberries on top, mm. it, it uh, really cuts through beautifully. Yeah, so, and... With the raspberries, I guess, again, you've got available some great local berries as well. Ali grows some and they're amazing. Yeah, you grow some as I've well. got raspberries in my garden oh. and they don't last very long. No. <laughs> as soon as you pick them, you start eating them. But, yeah, they're incredible fresh. Apparently, raspberries, though, once they're picked, within the first three minutes, they lose like nearly 70% of the actual goodness and taste mm. so i guess what we're Within buying the first three minutes yeah wow. <laughs> yeah so literally what we're buying in off the shelf is nothing compared to what a fresh raspberry is so if you're lucky enough to have fresh raspberries they are incredible mm. i know my daughter goes around and just picks them yeah. and starts eating them but we all do i mean you think you come in with like this <laughs> afterwards it's yeah incredible it's interesting what you say i was talking to bruce from montrose the other day and he mm-hmm. said that most of the raspberries that you buy in the supermarkets are picked green or picked well under ripe mm. so so they can ripen to a point where they can sell Still, them yeah you know in in a supermarket and store them for a while yeah and you know, as you say, if they're at their peak within a couple of minutes of being off the vine, yeah. there's nothing better. You, you really get that beautiful sweetness as well. I can see why berry picking as a child, like, would be one of those things. Like, I know as, like, in my parents' generation, it was like, yeah, we used to go pick wild berries. And I know for your parents as well, mm. like, I know we did, and it was mainly apples and stuff. But, you know, to have fresh berries, I think, and have that experience is, is pretty incredible. Mm. Oh, it's great. And... I mean, having a having a surplus or a large amount of raspberries or blueberries or anything like that that you've picked yourself is such a it's such a treat. Yeah. Because if you if you you know if you want to buy berries out of season or something mm. from a supermarket or whatever, they're so expensive and they're oh, not yeah. as good. And you know, the, you you can't buy a large amount. I was down in Tasmania over Christmas actually, and a friend of mine grows grows his own berries down there, and we just had punnets and punnets of raspberries, eating them by the handful. Yeah. And it's just such a treat. It's it is. Like, yeah. My neighbour's growing um, an awesome amount of hazelnuts and red currants, which look amazing on food mm. and are hard to find. Um, but, yeah, Steve's got some incredible little red currants growing in his orchard now, and I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad he's my neighbour. <laughs> <laughs> They're very big in Europe, red yeah. currants. Yeah. yeah. You, you Fresh can, red currants are amazing. You can see them in London yes. quite a lot in yeah. supermarkets, yes. but not here in Australia. My, auntie, my auntie's got some in, in her veggie garden as well. You, red, yeah, you don't see but they look beautiful on food very hard to buy in Australia yeah Mm. Yeah. they've got that beautiful tart sort of you know a bit of bite that that works well with so much very astringent yeah they're delicious Mm, and figs oh I love Mm. figs I know where do you stop (laughs) yeah 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 is there any fig trees around the property here I'm not quite sure it's a bit chilly out here is it but we've got um, a fig tree at our house but we did um we use the actual small cow farm blue cheese and then straight into the center, lots of honey, balsamic, yeah, bit of crusty yeah, bread, glass that. of wine. Delicious. Yeah, awesome. I haven't eaten enough figs this summer. You've just reminded me I need to go. Yeah. Need to With go some prosciutto, yeah, delicious. Yeah, need to go find oh, a good fig. Yeah. yeah. Delicious. Fantastic. Um, I mean, as well as doing the tours and the lunches and stuff, you guys have a big online presence. Yeah, we do. Out, um, recipes and things. You want to we tell do. us more about that? Um, we contribute to Fairfax, so we write a lot of recipes monthly for um, magazines and newspapers. 
I guess coming from our background in journalism, we were involved in that first and present um, and it's just continued. So there's a big following there and that takes up a lot of our time as well. So (laughs) doing recipes and, yeah, so our catalogue's getting quite big now. It's almost time for a cookbook, I think. We're definitely on the way. (laughs) um, No, it's good. And I think, look, um, we love it as well. And when you get quality ingredients, majority out of our gardens through the summer, even winter months, it's really fun to get into the kitchen and think, okay, what can I do with this that's different? Yeah. Mm. And um, if it, I've probably had, look, one or two disasters, Nellie's about the same. Yeah, well, so the chickens end up being very happy. Yeah. But um, look, all in all, I think it, it's been a really great journey for us. And we've met so many amazing people along the way who, you know, follow us online mm. and uh, many who have come to our long lunches. And it's been great just to find people with such passion, you know, I guess that matches it. ours. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think the, the calling in... And we've done some tricky rest, like recipes and we've done the easy, fast, simple recipes are the ones that everyone wants. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they don't want to be... Like, they appreciate the beautiful picture of, like, a, a poached egg ravioli, you know, like something that's quite technical. But in all honesty, the things that have, we've done that are quite simple, like today, the you know, the slow-cooked yeah. lamb, people just... Yeah, can't get enough of it. They yeah. want more of it. I think everyone's lifestyle is so busy, but it's they true. can appreciate they still want to eat well. Yeah. True. Yeah. And I, I get the same feedback with cookbooks that I've done in the past. People people talking yeah, about, you, you know, we, we go for a variety of contributors. Yeah. People say, well, we, we're just after simple recipes. That's all That's all we need. You know, we don't have time to maybe mm. on, a, on Sunday a month or something like that, we can put a day's work in to make a really solid meal. But, um, yeah. you know, the rest of the time you're eating through the week, you're working, so... And yeah. everyone's busy, you know. Yeah. But no, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, you talked about, you know, getting, seeing what's in the garden and mm. seeing what you've got available, the producers that are around. Is that how you, that's the starting point for developing your recipes? What Pretty you've got much. there? Yeah. Or do you sort of come up with an idea and then try to source stuff at all? Or? It's Mine's visual. Mine's always visual. <laughs> yeah. I'll see something and go, oh, I want to eat it. I want to yeah, do that with it. Um, I think that's I think it's definitely what's in season. Yeah. probably where yeah. it starts and you see something that's amazing and you think okay where to now so and we've we've um there's a there's a uh, roasted cauliflower dish that we do mm. that happened very much by accident and it's um it's become so popular now that it's it was one of those things that um when you roast a cauliflower it becomes very nutty the flavor lends itself to sort of a warm salad and it, we we both make it quite a lot mm. and there's a lot the of dishes juice. like that that are sort of sort of arisen i guess from let's let's try this if it doesn't work that's okay yeah. and they've ended up being dishes that have become so popular like on the, our website that the they shredded get the most cabbage hits. with sh- um, really finely grated parmesan and lemon and olive in it, that salad I mean something oh, delicious. you just go yeah. and you just can't get enough of it it's is like, that is does that mm. go back towards your uh, Polish roots at all this shredded mm. cabbage yeah it's um <laughs> very much I mean like, I grew up with you know Polish like, cabbage was it was everywhere you know yeah. and um, winter and summer but. Um, this is a bit of a sort of an Italian-Polish fusion. Mm. Yeah, it was. And it works really well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. delicious with roasted meats or barbecue meats, schnitzel. Mm. Anything, um, it just is awesome. Yeah. yeah, we find... I mean, I, if I have people coming out for dinner, so anything particularly like made you know, for dinner, that salad invariably gets requested quite a lot, So, mm. which is great for me because mm. it's, it's really simple. Yeah, beautiful. Well, mm. I mean, we used to have the same thing a lot as kids, my mum being Serbian. Mm-hmm. It was kupo salad, and all it was was 
cabbage as fine as you can on the mandolin. Yeah. White vinegar, olive oil, salt and pepper. Yeah. And that was the salad. <laughs> it's beautiful. And delicious. what about Serbian pastries with the pumpkin inside it? Oh, they're delicious. Uh, there are others. Oh, it's like, oh, they're delicious. Um, <laughs> There's like burek. Is it, is Love it? that with cheese and that. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you can do it with burek. like. Um, roasted pumpkin inside mm-hmm. oh my god they're delicious <laughs> and a, pig, uh, a pig on the spit beautiful <laughs> and I mean like you were saying when we were talking about that lamb dish I guess recipes evolve as you said mm. you know you might make that lamb dish for the first time as something to be served with pasta but then you can sort of tweak it and change it in different ways that you mm. can use that same cut of meat to do something different definitely yep. yeah or tomorrow night say from you know leftovers you can, you can um, recreate into something completely different for tomorrow night. So, um, but I think that, you know, with a, with a lot of the things that we do, A, they're fairly simple, but B, they've got multiple uses where you can apply them to, say, sliders later. You can turn them into a salad. You can, you know, turn them into a soup even. Mm. Like, you know, the choice is sort of fairly limitless. So. I love a roasted meat that you can turn into a salad the next mm. day. Oh, because sure. once it's gone in the fridge, it's sort of got that different, you know, texture to it, but it's perfect for a salad. Mm. Yeah. Mm which is nice, nuts and all those sort of things you can add to it. Mm. Beautiful. Um, I guess just finally, guys, is there is there any, you know, sort of what do you, what do you see in store for the future for Two Country Cooks? Is there any goals that you've got or anything that you're working towards? I mean, cookbooks yeah. being mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely we've been working on that and getting the catalogue of seasonal food where we want it. I, I guess um, we want it to be something unique and representative of all the four seasons of the highlands um we're working towards video content for this year um we've you know got an online store we're we're present at the market selling the pate to the restaurants and stuff now so i think we've we've built the foundations up from something well from nothing (laughs) from from a glass of wine (laughs) from a glass of wine and loving of food um yeah it's it's now in a really good place and um the feedback that i guess we get from people is that they just want more of it and um that's where we're sort of sailing towards yeah but we've held a lot of our our sort of um most love recipes fairly tight to our chest Mm. and that includes the two country cook signature pate yeah one of our salad dressings which we get requested uh for all the time we'll go to our deathbed for these ones (laughs) (laughs) we basically said they'll be launched on our first cookbook so that's sort of um i guess what we're working towards now so yeah yeah fantastic um, I guess with a, a business model, I guess, like what you, what you guys have, the sky's the limit really when it comes mm. to anything that you can do. You can do functions, you can do these produce yeah. tours and things and it's, I guess, a fantastic And I think you have to, to be, be in this business these days, like food and wine, you have to have so many multi-layers and that's the way we've built it yeah. of um, revenue because, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, we just can't be solely doing one thing. We've got to have different things that mm. and be evolving and open for change and, you know, open for new ideas and what the people are wanting. I guess, you know, when we do our long lunches, um, the first one we did... Um, people drove by themselves and everyone was like oh man you know and we realized we need a coach (laughs) people want to you know that we need to put them on a bus we need to take them and they need to go back to a local but that's like you know you learn these things don't you along the way like they're just um it's trial and error but i think you know six years on it's um it's grown its own legs and i think we're in a place now where um Mm. the next stage will sort of kick along now so it's it's been good yeah Mm. it's fantastic and Mm. i think um you know in the last 
five, ten years, however long you want to call it, but people are showing more of an interest in where their food comes from. Definitely. Mm. People want to know their producers. You've seen proliferation of farmers markets, yep. all that sort of thing where people are engaged with what happens behind the scenes with food before it's served to them at a sure. restaurant or something like that. So in a way, you know, you can go to a nice restaurant and they can try to champion that local produce as much as they can and educate you but you can mm. only do so much in the restaurant environment and exactly. there's so many people out there that want to find out more and mm. learn more and True. people are willing to sort of you, you know pay for that experience if they have to mm. yeah. you know that 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 market that that space where people can be educated and can be taken out to producers and wineries mm. or forage for mushrooms is 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 a place where people want to be absolutely yeah. and um you know it, it the, the story of the producer to you know the paddock to plate it's so it, it's it's on trend people want to know they are really wanting to know where everything comes from and i've even noticed like in supermarkets or you know grocery stores like the labeling is so important now of like okay we just don't have raspberries but these raspberries come from such and such and such and such mm-hmm. you know there's it is, there's more description on everything yeah um yeah and if we the can same in menus a lot of restaurants yeah now, definitely yeah. but i think what's interesting with our long lunches is that Everybody, and I think it happens, you know, everyone we do, is that more and more now people are saying it's amazing to think that, you know, two hours ago I was on this farm and now we're sitting down to lunch eating what we just saw. Mm. And I think it's that it's the relationship between the food, um, where, it, where it grew, to, you know, and eating it. It even makes it taste better, I think, because 100%. it's the entire mm. experience. 100%. Yep, and, and I think appreciating that quality and the freshness and, and the whole area. I mean, the vibrancy of the area you can taste it on your plate, and I think yeah, that's that's, it. that's what it's about. So yeah, and that, I mean, as you say, it definitely makes it taste better. That definitely. having a connection to where your food came, came from. I mean, I can't even remember the first time I went fishing because I've, I've loved it for Same. my whole life. But the first time a child catches a fish and they realise, okay, well, this is it. We're going to gut it. We're going to scale it. We're going to take it home. We're going to prepare it. We're going to put it in the oven, and then we're going to eat it. Yeah. It's a whole experience, and it makes the whole thing more exciting. And Definitely. you know, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think fishing is one of those things that's like, okay, it's attainable to so many people. Like you might not be able to go to, say, a beef farm and get your own meat, but you can definitely do that, 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 you know, the whole fishing thing and get that sense of, you know, wow, I've caught it. I've, you know, done this, I've produced it and now it's on the table and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's always the most memorable of meals, you know. Definitely. Definitely. You always remember the times where where you've, got a connection to the product rather than that you've just gone out and bought it absolutely yeah, yeah. I mean I do I process my own chickens at home yeah and even that like you find when it's roasted it comes out of the oven um I mean the quality's there there's no chemicals at all it's all natural and I think the the flavors at the end of the day they're so much more satisfying because mm. you know the history of where it's been and it's had a great life so yeah. it's what it's about so fantastic mm. well Look forward to what the future holds for Two Country Cooks. And Thank you. Thanks, it's great having you guys involved. It really sort mm. of embodies what a lot of people, you know, how, what, how they approach food in the Southern Highlands. Yeah. So thanks so much mm. for being a part of it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Ali and Paul from Two Country Cooks. Uh, they do some great things in promoting local food in the Southern Highlands. If you want to get in touch with them, you can find them at twocountrycooks.com.au or you can find them on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, Two Country Cooks. If you want to find out more about Quicksand Food and Quicksand Publishing, you can go to quicksandfood.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Quicksand Food. And if you're interested in downloading all the episodes of the Quicksand Food Connection with all the contributors, 
contributors from the Southern Highlands Cookbook, you can find it on our website, quicksandfood.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.